Thank you, Matt. All right, show of hands. How many of y'all have toilet books? Toilet books. Come on. Oh, toilet phones? That's even worse, man. Toilet, uh, toilet books, you know, that they're just there. I asked you guys to, like, raise your hands the other day if you read the instructions, and it was like afterwards everybody came said, I read the instructions, I just didn't raise my hand. Well, I'm sure it's the same way here. You all have toilet books, too. So, uh, But I had a toilet book, and it asked me, who are the four people if you could go back into the future, that you would like to take a road trip with? Now you're thinking, now obviously Jesus is, is like the first answer. You'd love to road trip with Jesus. Uh, all your meals would be free. Uh, but Paul, Paul just like, of all the other biblical characters, it's, it's Paul that's like got this, uh, Mother one was Tom Landry. I'd love to uh, hang out with Tom Landry and Donald Sutherland for some reason. I don't know why, but he just intrigues <laughs> me. Uh, sorry, sidetrack. Now y'all are sidetracked as well. Uh, but Paul, he, there were, I thought about it and I thought, ooh, he, he had a rough life. I don't know about, you know, the whole shipwreck and beaten and everything else, but just the passion that he had for what he believed was phenomenal. And how, how he tried to communicate that to the people that he absolutely cared about, that he loved. And how do you, I said this morning on Facebook, it's like, if you want to get a message across to somebody, how do you do that passionately? And, and today, you get to this last chapter of, of Galatians, he's literally has written this letter to the churches at Galatia, because one, he feels sorry for them. The reason he feels sorry for them is because they found out that Jesus was the Son of God and that he came here on earth and died as the only perfect sacrifice for all of our sins. And he was buried and rose again. And now they send the Spirit to live inside of them. They, Paul, this is what Paul taught the churches in Galatia. And then all of a sudden, Paul leaves the area, and the Judaizers come in, and they start adding a bunch of law to it. Like, you need to be circumcised. You need to go back to the law of Moses. You need to add the Ten Commandments. And they just got set free, and now Paul's, like, hearing about this, and he's, he's like, giving them a whole four chapters previously of, here's what I taught you. Don't forget what I taught you. Now the last couple of chapters is this, is, how does this affect your daily life? And so today I want to cover just the first 10 verses of chapter 6. But I kind of want to do it out of order. Let me read it to you first, the whole thing. Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual restore such a person with a gentle spirit. Some of your translations will say gentle and humble watching out for yourselves so that you also won't be tempted. Carry one, another burden, one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. 
For if anyone considers himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Let each person examine his own work, and then he can take pride in himself alone and not compare himself with someone else. For each person will have to carry his own load. Let the one who is taught the word share all his good things with the teacher. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, he will also reap, because the one who sows to his flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for good of all, especially for those who belong to the household of faith. He's passionately trying to communicate something to them. They have begun to fight among themselves, these churches. Do we listen to Paul? Do we add in to what the Judaizers have come along and said? They began to argue and fight. And as we talked last week, a lot of it had to do with just pure selfishness. What they desired on their own. And out of their own strength. Now let me jump around. I didn't want to end with the last, with the first, uh, or the last few verses, 6 through 10. So I'm going to start in verse 6. I want to break that down for you. It says, Let the one who is taught the word share all his good things with the teacher. Paul here is talking about sharing material goods for those who are teaching the gospel. I know, I'm standing up here and I'm considered the teacher at Levner, which is not true because there are many, many teachers in this room. Men and women who are teaching the Word of God. I'm fortunate enough to be able to stand up here as the prominent guy, not prominent as being the person, but just the one who teaches the most in here on a Sunday morning. There's others that teach a lot more than I do. And so when Paul is saying, hey, take care of those who teach the word, I don't think he's necessarily talking about paying a pastor. I think he's talking about, take care of those who teach you the word. Like there's others in this room that need to be taken care of. What does that mean? We're not necessarily talking salary or even money. We're... We're talking about resources, we're talking about time, we're talking about energy. Whereas the Jews came in, and they kept telling these churches at Galatia, there's a tax that you need to pay, there's a tax that you need to pay, and that's going to go to the rabbis that teach you. Paul's teaching something totally different here, and he's trying to get this church to be set free. I can honestly say to you right here, right now, Leavener is not interested in taxing you. It's obvious. We don't, we don't talk about money. We don't pass a plate. We don't have a joy box in the back. We don't. It's very rare that we talk about money here. But here's what I do know. 
if the teacher, not just necessarily me, next week uh, Nick Ford will be standing here. And I'm excited about that. He works for some little racing team here in Indy. But uh, he's going to share the message next Sunday, and he'll be the teacher. All right? If the teacher is sharing the good news, the scripture right here says, take care of the one who's teaching. Uh, I'm taken good care of. And it's basically not because of you. It's because of the Lord. The Lord has literally taken care of me. I, yeah, I, I'm the director of, of Levner. I get a salary. I get a salary. I don't get a percentage of what everybody gives. I don't take out of the pot that uh, everybody donates to. I, I'm just like you. This is almost seen as a, a job, and I get a paycheck, and I pay taxes, just like you do. But I don't think it comes from you. I think it comes from the Lord. Everything that I have comes from the Lord. My family comes from the Lord. The stuff I have comes from the Lord. My calendar is of the Lord. And that's the way Paul sees this. If we come here as a community together and we hang out together, we all share together and we encourage one another because there's a lot of teachers here that teach the word. So encourage your teachers is what Paul is saying here by sharing with them. Verse 7, it says, Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, he will also reap, because the one who sows to his flesh will reap destruction from the flesh, but the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially for those who belong to the house of faith goods, not just money, are given to Levener. And once they're, they're given, once they're given, they're given with no strings attached. I mean, even the government understands that. Like, if you, if you give money to this organization, to this church, and you designate it, for something specific, you don't get a tax write-off for that. I'm assuming you knew that. If you designate it for it, like, like if we're getting ready to go on a ski trip and you pay for somebody's ski trip, you don't get to write that off on your taxes. That's designated for something. But if you just give to the ministry, it's undesignated and you can use that as a tax write-off. What I'm saying is, even the government understands that part right there. And so in, in saying that, it's not just necessarily money and there's no strings attached. There is nothing here. Like, people, people give and some people give a lot. 
And some people think there's strings attached to that. And Paul's literally saying, there's no strings attached to that. It's, it's not the ministry's money anyway. It's God's money. I don't see anybody different in this room. I don't care what you give. I really don't. I really don't. There's no strings attached. It's not important. I, look, we don't need your money. We don't need it. I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for it because not only does it take care of my family, but it takes care of a lot of other people. It takes care of this community when it's needed. The passage says to share goods with the teacher. It doesn't say the counselor, the crisis manager, the burden carrier. It says the teacher. Take care of the teacher and share the goods with the teacher. Now, you may sit here and go, oh, great, we got here on a tithing lesson. No, what I'm saying is you're set free. I, I'm really not in, interested in a tithe. If the Spirit says give, then probably best to be obedient to the Spirit. But if you're giving out of your flesh, we're not interested in that. Not interested don't have any huge buildings that we need to support or anything like that. Don't have a lot of staff that we need to support. God's going to take care of us as he sees fit, and we're going to trust him with that. Now, let me jump back to verse 1. I got that out of the way. I didn't want to end on that. Galatians 1, or 6, verses 1 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourselves so that you also won't be tempted. So it says, watching out for yourselves. It, actually, it says, if someone is overtaken or if someone is caught, some of your translations will say, caught if someone is overtaken or caught there's two points of view there either you see them doing something and they're caught or they're caught by the sin itself kind of like a cheetah that catches the gazelle in other words the sin will bury them so if you see someone that's caught <clears throat> Paul's literally saying with passion deal with it go deal with it uh, you hear about churches in the area that practice church discipline Uh, whenever their members or whatever sin and they call them out and da-da-da. Well, we believe in church discipline here as well because it is a, is a biblical thing. It just looks a little different here. Uh, I'm, not the, I'm not the discipline guy. I'm definitely not the discipline guy. I'm, I'm the pastor, shepherd and I'm going to encourage, and I'm going to—I'm not going to be the one that really protects the flock. <laughs> Although I can call out, 
things. But uh, here's the way, I, I think this is the way church discipline is supposed to look, is I think the Spirit will lead you and cause you to see when someone is in error. And then I think the Spirit will lead you in deciding whether or not you should say something. And that's the hard part. That you, you realize that that's the hard part. There's sometimes where, oh yeah, I've definitely got to say something. And so what does he say do? He says, do it with a gentle and a humble spirit. I'm not coming around to bust anybody's chops, nor is anybody else in here. But occasionally, when we see uh, our own community struggle, guess what? I'm struggling too. It hurts. It hurts to watch them struggle. And so then you will decide, okay, I'm going to go to them, and I'm going to talk to them, and I'm going to do it gently. I, I think I've done this experiment one, one other time. Uh, uh, Luke, uh, pick a number between one and five. One, just one. All right, I'm I'm just gonna pick. Uh, I'm gonna pick Robert. Oh no 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 no! You don't get to pick a number. He just one person. One person. So, Robert, I'm going to ask you a question. Man, I hope you get this right. Just so, just so that, I'm not going to ask you the question, just so they know that I haven't done this. Pick, some, pick one person in here that comes regu- on a regular basis on a Sunday morning. One person. I'll ask them this question. Who? Mike? Mike? Mike Nicholas? I'm going to ask you a question. (laughs) Get this right, would you? If someone comes to me with a problem, if someone comes to me as the pastor, Rusty, and you all know me well, what is the counsel that I'm going to give that person? Everybody, most of the people in this room already know what that is. I'm praying you know what that counsel is, Mike. No, a problem, not with me. (laughs) Don't start something here. Don't start something here. Just a general, let's say, uh, decision or a sinful issue or something they come to me. I'm going to give them an answer, and what is that one answer going to be? Oh, I would say that's a good answer. Pray. Sarah is like sheepishly raising her hand for... Go ahead. Go to the Bible. Now all the others are starting to pipe up because they know, they know what the answer is. Look, uh, I've got hands going up everywhere. Who's going to say it? Follow the Spirit. There you go. Yeah, these, <laughs> all the ones that raised their hands have had this. <laughs> yeah, that's why they know. See, you haven't had any problems. That's good, Mike. Yeah, I would tell you to pray. I would tell you to read your Bible. But the thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you to follow the Spirit. I can't, 
I can't help you with your decision. I may give you some advice. I may give you some direction. I may process some things with you, but I'm always going to tell you, pursue the Spirit. Now, okay, I've told you to pursue the Spirit, follow the Spirit, right? I've told you to follow the Spirit, so how do you do that? You pray, you read your Bible, you do things, you begin, you know Him, you know the Spirit. But my counsel will always be, pursue the Spirit rather than your own personal flesh. The first thing that often pops into our head is a fleshly thing. That's because what Ron was talking about earlier, the POS, this power of sin that dwells in our flesh, likes to just get up there and get that flesh all riled up. So he's literally saying if someone is overtaken, you who are spiritual, (laughs) every one of you in this room are spiritual. Because you have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead living inside of you that lives in my mortal body. You have the same spirit. So you all are spiritual beings. I look at this when I think about the spiritual. James 3.13 says this, Who among you is wise and understanding? By his good conduct, he should show that his works are done in the gentleness that comes from wisdom. If you're messing up, I'm probably not going to come in and bust in your chops. The church discipline's probably going to come in in a form of gentleness and humbleness. Because although I've been made perfect in my soul and spirit, I still struggle in my own decisions. There's a big difference there. Jesus made me perfect. He made me holy. He redeemed me. Yet sometimes I personally act out of my own flesh. So I humbly come to you who are struggling and with gentleness will remind you of who you are in Christ. I will always bring you back to where you are in Christ. Which is what Paul's saying. A gentleness. Uh, I, I don't think that I've uh, ever been referred to as gentle, but I would say that <clears throat> I have the Holy Spirit inside of me and he produces gentleness. He produces gentleness in me. And he says, uh, be careful when you go to him so that you don't fall into the same thing. In other words, if you deal with this person's issue, obviously you're going to be talking about it and you're going to be processing it and temptation will come. And you could struggle with what they're struggling with. It's a tough deal. So be ready for that. But here's, here's my biggest struggle in all of that. I, I had teenagers, now they're adults, believe it or not. Uh, but you know, how many of your teenagers got uh, earpods, AirPods, and they put those in their ears and they're listening to their music or whatever and you try to talk to them? 
this, this, is, this is a great illustration right here. They got their AirPods in and they can't hear a word that you're saying. They're happy-go-lucky and you're just getting madder and madder because they're not listening to you. I would say it's the same thing for people that are dealing with sin issues. Sometimes the sin has so blinded them, it's like they have AirPods in and they can't hear a word that you're saying. So do you try to remove the AirPods, that doesn't work too well. So sometimes it's like, uh, and, and you ha- it's, it's so hard because you don't want to like uh, be the Holy Spirit. You want to follow the Holy Spirit. And so then you look for timing. When are they going to be able to hear what I have to say to them? In Proverbs, I quoted this verse the other day, but I didn't have the scripture reference. Proverbs 25, 11 and 12 says, A word spoken at the right time is like gold apples in silver settings. A wise correction to a receptive ear is like a gold ring or an ornament of gold. In other words, I can come to you in humbleness and gentleness. But if you have AirPods in, I'm wasting my time. Like there's, there's some of you that out there that are sitting here in the midst of the muck and you can't even hear what I'm saying today. Can't hear it. I'll be honest with you, there's some people that have sat here for 10 years and still haven't heard it. It's not my responsibility. It's the Holy Spirit's responsibility. The pressure is off of me. Trust me. Verse 2, he says, Carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone considers himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Let each person examine his own work, and then he can take pride in himself alone and not compare himself with someone else, for each person will have to carry his own load. He, he says the law of Christ, first of all. Let me, because he used the word law, everybody automatically thinks law. He's not saying the law of Moses here. He's not saying the Ten Commandments. He's saying the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? Jesus said this. He took the first four commandments of the Ten Commandments and he combined it. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Then he took the other six commandments and he wrapped it up and he said, and love your neighbor as yourself. So the law of Christ is to love God and to love one another. That's the whole deal right here. That's, that's the law of Christ. Carry one another's burdens because you love them. And then the burden, think about what a burden is. A burden is actually a heavy load. This is exactly what the Judaizers were doing when they came in. Paul had like freed them up and all of a sudden they began to load them down with burdens. Like the legalists there added more rules and more laws, more rules and laws, and guess what it did? It caused their burdens to be heavier. 
Matthew, here's, here's what Jesus says in Matthew 23. These, this is red letters. It says, They tie up heavy loads that are hard to carry and put them on people's shoulders. He's talking about the Pharisees, the Jewish leaders. He says, But they themselves aren't willing to lift a finger to move them. <laughs> they've, they've brought this burden on the people and they continue to do that when Paul's like saying, you've been set free, you've been set free. So, here's what happens. When you're, you're struggling with whatever it is you're struggling with, and uh, you go to seek advice, you're going to do one of three things. First of all, you're going to find someone, uh, it may take a, a, a few people, but you're going to find someone that sympathizes with you. And they're going to say what you want them to say. That, I mean, you can do it. You can find people that will take your side. Trust me, just put it out there on Facebook. People will take your side. And they'll sympathize with you. And they'll say exactly what you want to hear them say. Secondly, you're going to go to someone that you would consider has much wisdom in a situation and you're going to receive good advice, but you come up with every excuse not to pursue that advice. You continue down the same path of destruction. Seek people with wisdom. Listen to what they have to say and you ignore it. Then the third is you'll go to someone for wisdom, understanding, and even comfort from that person and they'll probably walk with you through the situation. I would say that that is a... a That's a good portion of my ministry, those three things right there. I, I deal with people getting advice from the outside all the time. Uh, I give advice and people uh, don't listen. And then I give advice and I literally walk with the people. That's what I do. And so you'll find out who these people are. I think I did this a few years ago, but uh, I have you guys like stand up and line up from the most positive person, most person with wisdom all the way around here to the most negative person. You want to do that real quick? <laughs> you don't want to do that? It'd be interesting. Uh, I know you've already thought about where you're standing in the room and you've thought about where the person next to you is standing as well. Uh, but if I'm going to focus my time and my energy and my ministry, I'm going to focus probably somewhere over in this little area right here. Because this area over here will consume you. And they have their AirPods in. 
They may listen to you, but they're going to continue down their path of destruction. And so it's important for you, one, to uh, seek wise counsel, but it's also important to have ears to hear. Because if that's the case, it will help you through your situation. And on the other hand, for those of you that are wise, you have to guard your time and your energy and your ministry. The wisdom is how we see life from God's perspective. That's a big deal. Therefore, it makes sense to know God. If you want to see life from God's perspective, you have to know who God is. I, you know, as I sit here and wrap up this whole chapter here, uh, I struggle with uh, being the the lead guy or whatever of Levner because uh, I think so many people come to me for advice and I thought I thought when we started this 11 years ago that uh, it was going to be more of you doing that the truth is it is you that's doing more of that The truth is, there's a lot of people in this room that know their identity in Christ. And I don't carry the burden of everybody in this room. Because there's a lot of you that carry everybody's burdens. And that's the way the church is supposed to be. Is to carry the burdens of others. To carry the struggles. To carry the... You've got family members that are going down that path. and I get it get it this is all paul saying to him you guys understand the freedom you're free in christ it doesn't mean you're free to just like behaviorally go up you can it's not going to benefit you you're free in christ know jesus know him not only will it help you but it will help those around you uh and that's my prayer for you today. I'm going to ask. Uh, I'm getting ready to shift gears uh, here this week. Uh, Nick is is coming up. Nick is coming up here next Sunday because we're going to be gone, and uh, we're actually going on the cruise. Most most of everybody know that, but the the thing that I enjoy about this not only is a cruise, it's a work cruise. And when I I say work is, I'm going to be standing before people all across the country, maybe even the world, and have the opportunity to share this message with them. And uh, my first time to speak is exactly the same time Nick will be speaking next Sunday. I'll be speaking next Sunday morning, uh, and Tuesday morning, and Friday night, the the last night that we're on the boat. And my prayer is that you will cover us in prayer. Uh, it's a little intimidating 
speaking with John Lynch and with Bob Goff this next week. Uh, but you know what? I hope they hear the message too. That God will unpack that. I believe my friends, my friends uh, in the band have heard it and they can clearly communicate it. And uh, when they heard it for the very first time, it was like freshness to them. And so I'm just going to ask for a few minutes if you'll just reflect on that. And I want you to hear this one song that they wrote. Father, thank you for uh, today. And I sit here in this room and I uh, see people that have like seen this for the first time, even this year. And I'm thankful for that, that you have done a great work in this room right here. And so I trust that over this next week, uh, one, you're preparing uh, Nick's heart just to share your word and uh, look forward to hearing that. But just, uh, I know you're with us. Just lead us and that we trust you and uh, continue to show us who we are in you. That you truly love us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.